as we're in between sermon series, we wrapped up the series on Disciple last week and we begin God's story, our story next week. What I want to do for this week is I want us to look at a passage in scripture that should be familiar to many of you. And part of the reason it should be familiar to many of you, you might not even realize it's in the Bible, is because we end every service reciting these words. They're the words from Numbers chapter 6, known as the benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you. And it was this benediction that is found in Numbers chapter 6 that was recited by the high priest at the end of every tabernacle service for the nation of Israel. It was a blessing that happened at the very end, and the blessing found in Numbers chapter 6 is known as a benediction, and that's why we recite it as a benediction every week. What's a benediction? A benediction simply means good word. Bene, good, diction, word. It is a good word found in the form of a blessing from God to God's people. And the reason it was said at the end of the tabernacle service and the reason we end every service with it here at Coral Ridge is God wanted to communicate to his people that the blessing was not just relevant for your time in worship together on a Sunday morning, but this blessing would be the blessing when you understand what the blessing actually is that would sustain you throughout the rest of the week. It would be a blessing from God to his people that would sustain his people in every area and facet of life. This blessing that we are going to study together this morning is life-changing. It was life-changing when the people of God received it thousands of years ago, and it's life-changing for you this morning. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons. Moses, the great patriarch, Moses, the, the, the recipient of the law of God, who's recording these words, God speaking to Moses. Who's Aaron? Aaron is the brother of Moses. Aaron is the great high priest. So it goes from God to Moses, and Moses is to deliver these words to Aaron, the high priest, who will eventually then go to the people of God and deliver this message. Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Verse 27. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. And the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Amen. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. These were the words from Stuart Smalley in his daily affirmation. Stuart Smalley standing in front of the mirror and telling himself, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Now we laugh and we chuckle at this idea of a grown man standing in front of the mirror trying to affirm himself. But if we're all honest, we're constantly trying to affirm ourselves every single day. 
See, from the time we are born as a child, we grow up longing to understand and to know, does somebody love me? From the time we are born, we are born in such a state that we are longing to hear the words, I love you, you matter, you're important, you're worth it. But the truth be told, we really never grow out of this need. See, from childhood to adolescence to teenage years to being a young adult to being an adult, uh, the very day we die, we want to know. We were built, we were created to know we matter, we are loved, we're important, we're valuable, and we never grow out of longing to find the answer to this question. Well, here in Numbers chapter 6, whether you realize it or not, and the benediction that we recite every single week is a blessing that God the Father bestows upon his children to remind them that the love that you long for is found with God, your heavenly Father. This blessing that we just read in Numbers chapter 6, it is an announcement that God the Father delights in his children. And when the people of God heard this blessing, it changed their life. And if you actually this morning listen closely and understand the nature of this blessing, it'll change your life as well this morning. Let's study Numbers chapter 6 together today. What I want to do briefly is I want to answer three questions concerning this blessing to see how it changes our life. The first question I want to answer is, what exactly is this blessing? If this is so life-changing, life-transforming, life-altering, what in the world is the blessing? Well, it says in verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. We have to ask the question, what in the world is a blessing? Well, blessing can simply be defined as having the approval or favor of God. To be blessed, to have a blessing, is to have the favor and approval of God. I think we actually marked that in the children's um, bulletin this morning. The definition of blessing is to have the favor and approval of God. And so when the Israelites received this, it sounded too good to be true. The God who created me, the God who made me, I am told has blessed me. And the definition of blessing radically changes everything because it's the very nature of the blessing of God to hear these words from God that you have the favor and approval of God, the God who created the heavens and the earth and the God that made you actually can look upon you and you can have his favor and approval. But it not only says that the Lord bless you, in verse 24, it says keep you. So what is God trying to communicate to the people of God? That not only is the blessing of God, this idea of favor and approval, a promise of God, but God is saying, I will do everything in my power to make it happen. 
It is a promise that I will deliver on. I will not only bless you, you have my favor and approval, but I will keep you as well. I will preserve you through thick and thin, through every trial that you face, through suffering, through the highs and lows of life. Not only will you have my favor and approval, I will keep you safe and I will keep you secure. Listen to me. Whether you realize it or not, you long for this. To have the favor and approval of anyone sounds too good to be true. Think about just this past week. How much you work. Sorry, I'm losing my voice, so if I sound like I'm... The voice is changing up and down, forgive me. But just think about this week. How much time you put in and invested in gaining someone else's approval. And we will do anything for it. We will manipulate people and we will allow ourselves to be manipulated. We will take advantage of people and we will allow ourselves to be taken advantage of. All for what? To gain the approval and favor of someone else. Why? Because we've been created for this. The problem is, it's not Stuart Smalley standing in front of a mirror trying to convince yourself that you are worth it and valuable and lovely and beautiful and awesome. And it is not seeking blessing, favor, and approval outside of yourself from someone else in your life. It doesn't work. The only way you and I can have the favor and approval and blessing that you and I were designed for is to find it outside of this world. Because anything short of that will be manipulation. Anything short of that will always run short. You see, the world says this. Don't worry about what anybody says. As long as you tell yourself how wonderful, how beautiful, how intelligent, and how gifted you are, that's enough. But what happens on that day where you don't feel gifted? What happens on that day where you don't feel wonderful? Then where does the favor and approval come from? The world also says, go find it in other people. But it's not enough. Because what happens on that day when the, there isn't somebody that tells you you're wonderful, gifted, beautiful, awesome? The gifted... The message that you are gifted and wonderful and beautiful and valuable can only come from another source. You see, it's Christianity and Christianity alone that says the blessing you need doesn't come from someone else and it doesn't come from within, but it comes from outside of this world. And that is the blessing that is bestowed upon the people of God here. The Lord bless you and keep you. Favor and approval comes from God alone. That is the nature of the blessing. And what does this blessing result in? Verse 26, look at it with me. This blessing results in what? It says, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and it gives you peace. Verse 26, this blessing results in peace. Well, what's so big, what's so important about peace? I can go to the beach and find peace. I can climb a mountain and find peace, right? That's not what, that's not the definition of peace here. You see, the Hebrews and the ancient, they understood this nature of peace. The definition of peace here in the Old Testament is shalom. What's shalom? Shalom were what the people of God were longing for. Shalom is the full nature, the full expression of all of the goodness and all of the provision of God. It's what the people of God were longing for. 
But often we think of shalom as something reserved for places and things and nations and cities. And what God is saying here is when I give you my favor and approval, it results in verse 26, shalom. There is a shalom awaiting the soul. There is an internal shalom that all of the goodness and all of the provision and everything you were created for it overflows into this life-giving, life-altering shalom. And here's the truth. Until you experience this shalom that only comes from understanding the nature of the blessing of God, you will always be restless. You will always experience a restlessness of the soul. You will always experience a discontentment with life until you realize that the shalom of the soul that you and I have been created for can only come as a result of the blessing and the favor and the approval of God. There is a shalom of the soul that awaits all of us. And until you understand that you have in God, all of the favor and approval and blessing that you were created for, you will never experience that peace and that shalom. The second question, that's the nature of the blessing, to have the favor and approval of God. Second question, how do we receive this blessing? Well, verse 25, it says we receive this blessing by having what? It says the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The way we receive this blessing, the way we receive the favor and approval of God is verse 25 says we need to have the face of God. Now, when Moses heard this, he probably had a big objection, didn't he? Because if anybody understood the face of God, it was Moses. And what did Moses understand about the face of God? You couldn't have it. You couldn't have the face of God. Why? Because only God's face, when looking upon people, the face would see sin. And it says that God's face burned with anger. And so even Moses himself couldn't look upon the face of God. And so naturally Moses at first probably had an objection. The Lord turn his face upon you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. So how do we receive it? If Moses was told he couldn't get it. Well, the clue comes in that one word in verse 25. Gracious. It must be an act of divine grace. When was this blessing recited? I said it at the beginning. Was it said at the beginning of the tabernacle worship service or the end? Always said at the end. Why? What happened in between the beginning and the end of the tabernacle worship service? Sacrifice. The sacrifice, the atonement of the sins of the people of God were atoned for and covered. And so the reason this was said at the end of the worship service for the people of God is so that they would be reminded that they just witness an act of divine grace, that their sin that caused God to turn his face away, that their sin was covered and atoned for. Therefore, God the Father could now look down upon the people of God and show us his face. And thousands of years later, we would see a once and for all sacrifice, wouldn't we? Where Jesus Christ himself would come as the perfect sacrifice, as the perfect lamb of God, that he would enter in and on the cross and he would atone for the sins of the world once and for all. And that it would be in that moment on the cross where Jesus Christ would lose the favor of God and his face would turn away in order for what to happen? 
in order for us to have the favor and the blessing of God. The only way that God the Father could make his face shine upon you is that Jesus Christ himself would one day lose the face of the Father. For our children listening this morning, the idea of God shining his face, imagine a happy face. Imagine the face of God smiling upon you. That is what God is trying to communicate to Moses and trying to communicate here this morning, that when your sins are taken care of, God shines his face in such a way that he is no longer burning with anger and he's no longer mad, but smiling down upon you. Lastly, we see what the blessing is, the favor and approval of God. We see how we receive this blessing through having the face of God because somebody else lost the face of God. Third and last question, how in the world does this blessing change our life? That's a pretty audacious statement I said at the beginning, that this blessing will change your life. How? I want you to walk out of here not saying, great, another sermon, numbers, benediction, a whole sermon on the benediction, but who cares? What does it matter? How does it change your life? Well, it tells us in verse 27 how it changes our life. It says in verse 27, So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. The reason it changed their life is because they now have a name. They now have a name. You say, what's the big deal about a name? For the ancients, a name was everything. You see, to have the name of the Lord upon you meant everything. It meant that it didn't matter whose family you were born into. It didn't matter what you had done in your life. It didn't matter how many times you had messed up. What this meant was staggering for the people of God. It meant this, that when you have the blessing and the favor and approval of God, you now have a new name. You have the name of the Lord upon you. It changes your identity. It changes your security. You say, I am not defined by my past. I am not defined by my mom or my dad. I'm not defined by my career. I'm not defined by how much I've accomplished or how much I've failed to accomplish. But in Christ, having the favor and approval of God the Father, I am now defined by God. I'm now defined by the Lord. I'm now defined by this good news that God saves sinners and I am included in the family of God forever. I have a new name, a new identity, a new security, and it is, is as if God is saying, I don't care how many faces turn away from you this week. There is one face that will never turn away. I don't care how many people turn their back on you. There is one that will never turn his back on you. Because you have a new name. And you have a new identity. And you have a new security. Because you have the favor and approval. And the shiny, smiling, happy face of God looking down upon you. Because you are found in Jesus Christ. And that changes you and me forever. So I end with this. Wouldn't it be incredible for you and I to leave here this morning saying this, I have the face of God. 
wouldn't it be incredible for you and I to say, God looks down upon me, no matter how many people in my life have turned their back on me, no matter how many people have turned their face away from me, I know in Jesus Christ, I have the happy, smiling face of God. Do you want that? Who wouldn't want that? The only question is, can I actually get it today? And I want to do something a little different this morning. I want to close our service by inviting all of our children forward. So if you're in preschool, elementary school, I want you to come forward. I want you to join me on the steps. I want to do something a little different this morning. We often talk about here at Coral Ridge that our children matter. And there are a lot of things that we can teach our children. And although I want to talk to all of you this morning, the most important thing that we can teach our children is how to have the face of God. So children, come on, come on down. Yeah, come on over here. You can spread out. Awesome. And just have a seat with me up here. All right, Solomon, can you sit right next to me? Awesome. All right, yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, you want to sit right there? All right, can everybody just turn around and just look at me? I, I have a question for you. Who can make, who likes to make faces? Does anybody here like to make faces? I like to make faces too. Who can give me the best funny face? Everybody try to make a funny face. Do you know how to make a funny face? Yeah, well, let's see. All right, that's awesome. Now, if I was to ask you, how do you make a sad face? Larissa, that's good. That's, a, that's, a, that's really sad. I believe you. All right. How about, how about you? Do you know how to make a sad face? What would you do? Yeah. Ah, good, yeah. Bite your, bite your lower lip. Now I want to ask you, how do you make a mad face? You're really, really mad. What would you say? What would, what would your face look like? Show me mad. Yes. Yeah. I almost believe that you're mad. How do you make a mad face? Yeah, you're really upset. All right. Yeah, there we go. That's good. Now, last face I want you to show me. I want you to make the happiest face you can make. You're really happy. Yes. That's a good one. Yep. You're always smiling. That's good. Awesome. Well, here's the deal. We're told in the Bible that God has two faces. Yeah. You know, we're told on the cross, when Jesus Christ took our sin, when Jesus Christ took your sin and your sin and my sin and your sin, we're told that God's face was really, really mad, really, really angry. You know how we know that? Jesus on the cross, when he took our sin, it says that Jesus yelled, my God, my God, dad, why have you forsaken me? And it's in that moment that God's face must have been so mad and so angry looking at all of the sin that had fallen on his son that it caused God to turn away because his face was so mad. But you know what else happened on the cross? All of the good stuff that Jesus ever did guess where it went? It went on anyone who believes in Jesus as their only Lord and Savior. And you know what it says? That God's face is now able to look upon you and you and you and be happy. 
Jesus got the angry face of God. And if we believe in Jesus Christ, we get the happy face of God. Who doesn't want that? And I hope your parents and adults in the room are listening as well. Because anybody, doesn't matter. Solomon, how old are you? Five years and ten months. Five years and ten months. It doesn't matter whether you're five years and ten months. It doesn't matter whether you're 85. That if you believe in Jesus Christ, that Jesus got the angry face of God, and that by believing in Jesus, we can have the happy face of God, we can have it forever. Who, who doesn't want that? Right? Isn't that good news? So I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I want you to pray with me. If you've never prayed before, that to believe in Jesus Christ, and if your parents or grandparents or friends out, out in the congregation are listening, they can pray along with us as well. That simply by believing in Jesus, that Jesus lost the face of God, and that we gained the happy face of God, we can live with this blessing forever. Would you all pray with me? All right, let's pray together. Our Father and our God, Lord, I thank you for these children. I thank you for the funny faces that they make, the sad faces. Sometimes we get mad and angry. But Lord, I thank you for their happy faces as well. But Lord, there is no greater happy face than to know that God, our Father, looks down upon us because of Jesus Christ and he smiles. And so, Lord, if there's one child here that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't know that Jesus took all of our sin, all of the bad things we've ever done, and he allowed him to be nailed to the cross, and in return, we got all of the good stuff that Jesus ever did. Lord, if there's one child here that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior, I pray that they would place their faith and trust in you this morning. And that they would be able to leave Coral Ridge this morning saying, God's face shines upon me. God is happy with me because of Jesus. And if there's any grown-up here that doesn't know Jesus, may they place their faith and trust in him. And may this truth change all of our lives. That God is happy with us. That God's favor is upon us. That God approves of us. Not because of anything good we've done but because of everything Jesus has done for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. All right, God bless you all. You can go back to your seats.